You're listening to the Health Call Radio Hour, where doctors, researchers, authors, nutritionists, and top health professionals share the latest news about staying well and living better. The information you hear today is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, but it's always timely, credible, interesting, and best of all, there's never a copay. Now, here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. It is great to have you here, and let me start by asking you a question. How many times did you eat fish or seafood this week? Unless you live on the east or west coast, probably not more than once, and when you did, the meal probably contained less than nutritionists say is best for your heart, your brain, and your immune system. The average American eats seafood about once a week. Some people don't like the taste of seafood, fresh fish can be expensive, some consider it difficult to prepare. Others, well, they're concerned about the environmental impact of fishing, and still others worry about the risk of mercury poisoning. Well, once you get past all of those objections, it's time to address questions people have about seafood. For example, what fish gives you the most benefit? Is wild caught better than farm raised? What about canned fish? Is that a good option? And what about the convenience of foods like fish sticks? Do they count? Are they good for the kids? Well, let's figure all this out by talking with Yasi Ansari. She is a registered dietitian nutritionist and certified specialist in sports dietetics. She's also a national media spokesperson for the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. She says the science is clear. Your body wants what seafood offers. It's important to have fish in the diet for a variety of reasons. Three of my favorite include that it provides a great amount of protein. It can help support lean body mass. It can help for, pro, provide support to a variety of functions within the body. And it provides healthy fats. So healthy fats are going to help support inflammation and decrease that inflammation. It's going to help a variety of other functions as well, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about in more detail. And it helps with development. So development of the brain, especially mm. during a time of growth for infants and children and for women who may be pregnant that need to be taking in more fish to be able to support their child's development. All very interesting. Let's dig into that a little bit more. Uh, the healthy fats are what? What are we looking for from fish? Now, fish provides our essential fatty acids. And the essential fatty acids are fats that we need to be taking from the diet. So fish itself provides omega-3 fatty acids. And our omega-3 fatty acids include our DHA and our EPA. This is so important to be including in our diet each day. Okay, so two different types of fatty acids. Right. And what is it that omega-3 does in our body that makes it so important? Omega-3 can support our blood pressure, so it can help decrease blood pressure in people who may be struggling with cardiovascular disease. It can also help protect the heart for a variety of individuals. Now, more research needs to be done on those who may not be impacted by cardiovascular disease, but those who do struggle with cardiovascular disease, the EPA and the DHA can help support their health. Now, omega-3s can also help with protecting the brain. So omega-3s, you'd be surprised, they're, they're found in a variety of different tissues in our body. So mm -hmm. they may help with decreasing the inflammation. They can help with protecting the brain. So people who may have Alzheimer's or mild cognitive impairment, 
can benefit from taking in omega-3s throughout the day because that can help decrease some of the, uh, the effects of mild cognitive impairment, such as memory loss, um, learning, um, just being able to remember things throughout the day in language. It's going to be really important for that. Now, there are other areas where omega-3s are still being studied, but we need to, to look into that more and do more um, human studies. So with those conditions, that could be ADHD, IBD, that could be depression, so decreasing some of those symptoms of depression. But what we do know is that omega-3s throughout the day can help support your heart health, your brain health, and can support growth and development. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff you just mentioned there. Why not? So what fish should I be eating and how much? So let's, let's talk species first. Are, is one type of fish higher in omega-3 than another? I love including salmon and I recommend salmon for many individuals who want to add fish throughout the day and just to be able to have it throughout the week to meet their EPA and DHA. Uh, needs. So salmon, trout, cod, shrimp, crab, these are some sources that are higher in omega-3. Does it matter whether it is fresh or frozen? Great question. So I think that what is so important to remember is what do you have access to? And so it can be fresh, it can be canned, it can be frozen. All of these can provide the same benefit as fresh fish. Oh, so canned is still okay for getting that omega-3. That's interesting. And, you know, I have read that uh, sardines and those kinds of little kind of in-the-can oily things that I'm not a big fan of, are those loaded with good stuff? Are they worth the effort? I'm with you. So I, I'm not a huge fan of sardines, but I, yeah. will, say, I will say that it, it is beneficial, and it's actually lower in mercury, too, compared to other fish. So having sardines, you're going to get that omega-3, and you're going to get a lower mercury fish. And so you can get that in a canned version or a fresh. And the great thing about canned, and I'm this is not just to be talking about canned fish versions, but just to say that that's another option for consumers. They can take that with them when they're camping. They can take it on long travel. As long as, you know, once you open up the can, you're refrigerating it. But it's important to know that you have that option. You can get the same benefits from canned version. Yeah, and it's it's typically less expensive and yeah. obviously s stores a lot longer. And yeah, and it's all very nutrient dense. So all good stuff. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. So uh, let's walk a few more species forward here. So um, there is tilapia has been a farm raised fish that is available lots of places, fresh and frozen. It's often more affordable than salmon. But I've read that tilapia really doesn't have the punch that other species do. Is that do you know about that? So til tilapia still offers that high amount of protein that we're looking for, and it still is lower in saturated fat. So it's going to provide a good, healthy fat as well. And again, another beautiful thing about tilapia is that it's lower in mercury too. So the FDA and the EPA, they have a nice list for consumers. And I recommend that anyone listening to this goes to the, the website that the FDA and the EPA, they have like a joint list where they've listed out good sources, best sources, and limiting sources of fish. And 
fish such as tilapia are on the list of best fish to include. Okay. How much should I be eating to be seeing the health benefits we're looking for here? So the American Heart Association is recommending at least eight ounces of fish throughout the week. So that means about the palm size of my hand, about four ounces for each person. This might look different, but four ounces twice throughout the week with the thickness of the palm. Um, that is going to provide you with the health benefits of the EPA and the DHA. Now, for pregnant women um, who are or those who are lactating, it's important to get at least eight to 12 ounces throughout the week of the best source, which means low mercury fish throughout the week. Okay, so it's pretty clear that more seafood is good for you, but is it bad for the ocean? A growing number of processors are now following sustainability guidelines from groups like the not-for-profit Marine Stewardship Council. They certify fisheries that meet its strict sustainability standards on overfishing, minimal ecosystem impact, and other factors. Look for the MSC Bluefish label and you can be sure you're feeding your family seafood that is caught following sustainability guidelines. So what about those fish sticks we mentioned? Are they better than no seafood at all? Are they good for the kids? We'll see what our nutrition expert has to say in just a moment. But if you can't stick around, no problem. You can always visit our website, healthcall.live, and you'll see a video version of today's interview there. You can also find links to the podcast of today's program on Google, Spotify, and other major services. And while you're on the website, drop your email and I will send you one message per week with a preview of what's on the broadcast and never any spam. You can trust me on that one. Okay, we are back in a moment looking into the food value of fish sticks and why mussels and clams are the superheroes of the sea. Stay with us for more of the Health Call Radio Hour. You're listening to the Health Call Radio Hour, your regular weekend appointment with top healthcare professionals, where every session is painless and we never keep you waiting. Now back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Welcome back to our look at what makes seafood so important for your health, your heart, your immune system, and your mental health as well. Yes, eating fish and getting enough omega-3 fatty acids has been shown to help fight depression and anxiety. Fresh seafood is expensive sometimes. It can be challenging to prepare. And registered dietitian nutritionist Ansi Ansari says there's nothing wrong with buying frozen fish fillets as sort of an easy button. These are often processed and flash frozen right on the boat soon after they're caught. But what about the ultimate convenience of fish sticks? These are processed food, right? Far from natural. But does that mean you should feel bad about popping them in the oven as a quick meal for the kids? So with the frozen fish stick, let's talk about that. They're mostly made up of cod. And cod, I will say, lower in mercury. And you're going to get those omega-3s. But the thing is that we want to get more of the omega-3 fatty acids from our seafood. We don't want as many of the saturated fats. And sometimes when we're purchasing frozen fish, excuse me, frozen uh, fish sticks that may mm -hmm. be breaded and fried, we're not going to get all the benefits that we want from the fish. And 
Um, the other thing is that it's higher in saturated fats. And according to the dietary guidelines of Americans, you want that to be less than 10% of your daily consumption. So what I would recommend is if we're going to do a frozen fish stick, let's make some at home and make it a whole family thing. And maybe uh, make it with some cod or any other fish that you know the family loves. And then add your own breading to it and then bake it instead. But having said that, I know that sometimes some people need to just turn to fish sticks. If that's mm -hmm. what needs to happen, what you can do is make sure you're pairing it up with an abundance of fresh vegetables and then um, having maybe like an olive oil based sauce with it and then adding variety throughout the day and making sure that you're getting some of that fresh fish throughout the week too. Man, you just hit a hot button for me, and that is the tartar sauce that is so often served with fish. That stuff is that's just got to be clogging your arteries, right? I mean, that can't be good for you. I'm sure it just depends on the tartar sauce that you're making and, and how you're making it up. But what I say is it's all about moderation and making sure that you're getting a variety of sources throughout the week. And again, if we're focusing on those heart-healthy omega-3s from the fresh, frozen, or canned fish, that we've been talking about, you're going to get a lot of those health benefits. And remember, let's focus on how we can add more nutrient-dense foods in our intake throughout the day versus what we should be taking out of. Yeah, good point. Nutrient-dense is important. And I have seen more of a uh, health-focused or I guess you could call it gourmet fish stick in some locations in some markets. Uh, but it's hard to fight the convenience of putting together something. And I suppose fish sticks are better than hot dogs if you're looking for a convenience food for the kids, right? It's important to focus on what you can get out of a food. So with those um, frozen or the fish sticks that you're having with your family, let's focus on the omega-3s that you are taking in. But also remember that if we can shift to more grilled or baked varieties, that's going to be better for the health. Okay, now let's jump a little bit into farm-raised versus wild-caught. You know, I've, I've got to believe the closer to nature you are, the better it's going to be. So from a nutritional standpoint, is there a difference between the two? Now, with farmed-raised, you're actually going to get more omega-3s per serving. Really? And, yep, you're going to get more omega-3s, and the protein content is the same. Now, the saturated fat of the farmed-raised Maybe a little bit more, but it's still not high enough to impact the health negatively. So what my recommendation to people is that choose what, again, you can afford. And so if you're at the store, mix and match what, you know, depends on what you can afford that week and what's on sale at the market and choose sources and, and, and mix them up to get a variety of both the farmed and the wild. But be rest assured. And if you're taking in the farmed raised fish, you are going to get similar nutrients. So the last time I was shopping, I'll just shout out Aldi here. It was at Aldi. They typically have a fresh salmon product. And I started reading the label more closely because I knew we'd be talking about this. And I noticed it said color added through food. So that red flesh color that makes salmon so appealing is artificially induced in these farm-raised fish. Now, is that anything to be concerned about? So astaxanthin is probably what you're referring to, and know that even wild varieties take that in naturally in the sea. So they're taking that in from the microalgae and um, in general, just from the environment in the water. Uh, shrimp take it in as well. 
And so that actually can provide antioxidants for the consumer. We just need more information on how that can impact you when it's put into the feed or in a supplement form. But generally, wild fish does have provide astaxanthin, and that is known as an antioxidant. And it's specifically a carotenoid. So that's where it gets that red hue from. Yeah. Um, and then I was surprised to hear you say that shellfish, shrimp, that kind of thing also has a lot of omega-3. But, you know, there was some concern years ago about cholesterol in shellfish. Is that still a thing or have we learned more? So the, the connection between cholesterol and heart disease, again, it just depends. So talk to your doctor, see if this is going to impact your health, but know that when it comes to lipid profiles, when you're taking in shrimp, you're also taking in those omega-3s that are going to support increases in your HDL. So it, it is going to provide health benefits as well. It's also lower in saturated fats. So you are going to get those omega-3s, those polyunsaturated fatty acids, and you're going to get a higher protein source. It's going to be satisfying, and it's going to give you the benefits that other fish can provide. And it's low in mercury. <laughs> And obviously very tasty as well. Yes. What about the other scavengers who are now increasingly in our diets? So clams and mussels and those types of uh, seafood. Are they also bringing that uh, omega-3 punch we're looking for? Yes. So lobster um, and other shellfish are going to be providing that as well. And again, if you're looking at that at the FDA and the EPA list on the lower mercury foods, they made the list. So I think what's really important to remember is we want to get eight, eight ounces of fish that could be shellfish as well throughout the week. I would like um, consumers to take in some salmon. And if they want to add other varieties, go for it. But make sure that you are getting that DHA and that EPA from fish sources so that you're taking in all the benefits you can from our seafood. Uh, and if you can't take it in, you can also supplement and, and fill the gaps in. So there are recommendations for supplementation, but when it comes to supplementation, start by perhaps meeting with a dietitian so you can go through the diet and see where omega-3s can help benefit you. Uh, and also meet with your doctor to see if you, if you should take a supplement um, if you're not getting enough fish throughout the week. And again, if you joined us late, that is Yasi Ansari. She is a national spokesperson for the American Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics and a registered dietitian and nutritionist. My wife and I make it a point to eat fresh seafood at least once a week, but I'm also taking a fish oil supplement. I take two capsules a day, and that gives me about half of the recommended dosage of omega-3 fatty acids. So not quite the full load, but you know, it's better than nothing. Here's a trick that I use to avoid the unpleasant aftertaste that some people dislike. I keep them in the freezer and always take it with a meal. Works for me. Some people prefer krill oil instead of fish oil. Krill is a little shrimp-like critter that also gives you a powerful dose of antioxidants called astaxanthin. We'll take a look at why antioxidants are coming back into favor in a future episode. You also heard us mention EPA and DHA. They are different forms of omega-3 fatty acids. They play a different role in your body. EPA is more helpful for inflammation and heart health, while DHA is more involved in brain health and eye health. So I hope that helps you make the choice that you are looking for. All right, well, now you know the facts on seafood and your health. Bon appetit. 
We're back in just a moment with the second half of today's Health Call Radio Hour. Podcasts by Federated Media. 